Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, we hear from Benji Donqua as he continues our series, Getting Closer. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Good morning, Eastlake. Um, my name is Benji, and I'm coming to you all the way from Durango, Colorado. I uh, found Eastlake about six years ago, and I like to say it was um, love at first sight. I fell in love with the community. Um, something really captivated me, even though it was uh, online. And um, I have, uh, I've, I've never looked back. <laughs> so um, I'm locked in. And um, but yeah, I've, re- I've been really uh, impacted by Eastlake and by your teachings, by your practices, by just you as a spiritual community. Um, I was in a space uh, when I found Eastlake where I had been, you know, uh, engaging in, you know, open, um, interfaith, you know, spiritual ideas about God and, and that kind of thing. But I was also within the context of a community where I didn't, it didn't feel safe to kind of, you know, come out about those things or explore them uh, kind of in a public way without being, um, cautioned or you know um or outright kind of quieted and so i for a long time had kind of been kind of hiding um you know this part of me and uh, and 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 really longing for a community that would um kind of not only model but but where i could see i could safely engage with these ideas um within the community and uh, so it's been a, a real gift. Um, East Lake has been a gift to me because I, I feel like I can now see it tangibly, what it looks like for a community to engage in ideas that are open and inclusive and, um, and uh, all of that good stuff. So um, I'm forever grateful for East Lake and for the impact it has had on, on my own life. Um, I want to welcome you to our new series um, on building healthy relationships called Getting Closer. And uh, I am super excited um, to talk about empathy um, today in the context of building healthy relationships and kind of getting closer to each other, um, whether it's, you know, friends or partners or kids. Um, Yeah, just to be able to take a look at empathy and, and see how you know, the effect, the impact, how we can grow it, and, um, you know, what is it that blocks it. And um, so anyway, before we jump in, uh, a few confessions <laughs> to make. So I don't know about you, um, but, you know, when I was much younger and, uh, and you know, kind of deeply entrenched uh, within the Christian uh, community, I um, there was a point where I felt like, I had 
finally transcended and finally become the most humble and and the most like unoffendable uh, Christian person <laughs> alive. Um, I, I hope you're laughing with me on this, okay? I felt like I had reached enlightenment and uh, you know, nothing could affect me. I, um, you surely you're familiar with the saying because I've I heard about it here in America and it's this whole thing about like water um, falling off of a duck's back you know kind of this idea like it just rolls off you know yeah I felt like I had gotten to the point where stuff was just kind of rolling off my back you know what I'm saying and um, uh, and, and and then I got married <laughs> and then I realized very quickly that I um, I was more bothered than I thought, I was more affected than I thought, and things I took things more personally um, than I thought. And that I was, a, I was a little bit more, I don't think I had this clarity to, to the depth yet, but I definitely, there was this sense of like, ooh, I have more internal turbulence than, than I thought. So, so that was shattered. Um, and then I, and then I had another one kind of, you know, surface, obviously, after this, <laughs> after this um, illusion was, uh, was shattered. I, uh, another one kind of, you know, surfaced along the way. And it was this idea that I was the most empathic person that had ever graced God's green earth. Um, top five, at least top five, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and then I had kids. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about a, having a partner and then for, you know, for those of you that have like kids, I don't know what it is about having these like really close relationships that, that tends to bring up more things, right? It tends to bring up all the areas that, you know, like the opportunity for growth, like it just tends to, bring it up to the surface in a way that um, maybe people on the outside, you know, relationships kind of more on the outside don't tend to bring up as sharply or, or as acutely, you know. Um, so, so, so that happened to me. I, I think of, I'm actually, I'm, I'm thinking of the passage um, in, in the scriptures as a passage in James. And it's one of those really popular ones about like, you know, I think it goes something like my brothers, when you go through various tests and trials, you know, count it all, you know, blessed or something like that, you know. And I remember reading that passage in the message translation and it, it shifted something for me that the other translations didn't do because those other ones felt like that's crazy. But something in the message translation shifted something for me and basically kind of brought up more of a like, hey, when you're going through difficult situations, it reveals your true colors. And I really liked that because instead of feeling like, you know, I, if, instead of feeling like I was doomed, you know, um, and, and a failure, this actually felt more like, oh, this is information. Like when I go through trials and I go through tests and in this situation when my illusions are shattered, you know, that it's information. These, this is revealing 
areas in my life that need to uh, grow more. And um, anyway, so that you know, kind of brings me to that. But uh, I, I'll never forget a few years ago. Um, so I have, I, have, uh, I have three kids, three girls. Um, I have a 14-year-old, I have a 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old. And um, um, I almost made the mistake of asking them how, um, how what my empathy levels um, were at. And then I remembered, yeah, I'm probably not getting a passing grade. <laughs> so, so I quickly kind of, you know, took that one back. Um, then anyway, a few years ago, I um, my youngest daughter, who we affectionately called, you know, Twinkle Toes for a long time, just because she was so gracious in the way she moved around the house. Like, I think only her toes seemed to touch the floor, you know. And um, anyway, I was kind of chilling on the couch, just having some me time. I was probably watching like Scandal or, you know, basketball or something. And uh, I heard her coming, just kind of running upstairs, coming downstairs. And, and all of a sudden, I heard a tumble and then a loud noise. And then I heard crying. And um, you guys, I hope somebody out there kind of relates to this because I just felt irritated um, and so inconvenienced, you know, by, by this situation. And so, you know, right, but I'm sitting down on the couch and I'm kind of debating, like, mm, what am I going to do? Uh, I feel like I know what the right thing is, but I don't want to do it, you know. <laughs> and it sounds like... Almost like something that Paul in the scripture said, right? Um, so anyway, I'm sitting on the couch just having this battle, right? While, while my, my youngest daughter is, um, you know, hurt and crying and, and, um, and sad. And, um, and I'm sitting on the couch, right? Like totally irritated, upset, feeling inconvenienced, you know? And, um, and then kind of in the midst of my like struggle, I kind of mumbled something like, Honey, you know you're not supposed to, like, come running down the stairs, you know. Ugh. Yeah, anyway, so, and uh, my youngest daughter, who, you know, my partner and I think that basically she came wrapped up in a cloak of emotional intelligence, right? Um, so she said something to the effect of, Dad, it's not your job to tell me how to feel. And you're being very unhelpful right now. Boy, did I snap out of it real quick, right? <laughs> Just felt, I felt called out. And uh, sort of like with my tail between my legs, you know, I, uh, I put my, my, my pride aside and my, you know, ir irritation aside. And, and just kind of, you know, mustered up this vulnerable courage to be able to just... Um, console her and comfort her and um right and i mean i wish this story from a few years ago right is like is the and then i arrived you know, um no such thing um right it's just like it's an ongoing um growing you know uh into deeper and deeper levels of empathy for me so i share all of that to say i come to you as a student as a learner as a fellow journeyer and um and to say that like today i am you know definitely not coming in my own authority so to speak um 
Although I have, you know, I mean, it, it's the irony is actually interesting because just a few days ago, I was telling one of my friends uh, this story. I was sharing this with them, you know, and uh, and he he looked at me and he said, well, that's interesting because, you know, not too long ago, I was talking to a friend who might be interested in in, um, you know, maybe kind of talking to you uh, about some things that they're going through. And the thing I told them was that Benji's greatest strength is his empathy. <laughs> so <laughs> go figure, right? We are totally a collection, right? We are a mixture and we are growing and we are ever expanding. Hallelujah, so be it. Um, anyways, but today I'm, I'm leaning on, on some experts, I might say, um, at least in the field of empathy. Um, and uh, anyway, I will kind of weave in a few stories, and um, but I'm also going to share from some people who've done their research and, um, you know, who, who know this a lot more than I do. So thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that, you know, this series, as you hear from other teachers and other speakers about getting closer, building healthier relationships, that uh, we can all just keep growing and expanding um, and becoming, you know, this benevolent, benevolent um, uh, force in our close relationships and hopefully in our communities and in the world. So let's jump in. Um, so what is empathy? Uh, I don't know if you ha ever had a chance to um, watch Brene Brown's um, animated video on YouTube. It's, it will be the best four minutes <laughs> uh, of your life. And uh, it's, it's on empathy versus sympathy. And uh, in this video, Brene Brown defines empathy as uh, being able to feel with another, or I like to say the ability to feel with another. Um, that's, that's profound. That is profound. The ability to feel with instead of feeling for. The ability to feel with. Uh, there's just something about that that is so um, intriguing, so eye-opening, so powerful. Um, Brene Brown goes on to say and describe kind of in the video, you know, she says like for her, empathy is this um, uh, kind of sacred space where, you know, you're in a hole. And I hope I get this right, but you're in a hole and you shout out from the bottom, you know, um, I'm afraid, I'm stuck, I'm overwhelmed. And, um, you know, somebody kind of from the outside, you know, here's, here's this shouting coming out. Uh, they climb down the ladder and they say, hey, they look around for a moment. I know how it feels down here. And you're not alone. Man, that line every time just brings up <laughs> um, just the, the impact and the effect of being able to climb down the ladder into the hole, look around and go, wow, I can understand why you feel the way you feel. Um, and to be able to say, you are not alone. Brene Brown um, says this, and I wanna get it right, this quote. She says, empathy is a choice. And it's a vulnerable choice. And I completely agree <laughs> because in order to connect with you, 
I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Let me say that one more time. Empathy is a choice and it's a vulnerable choice because in order for me to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Wow. And I mean, we're going to unpack the whole idea of, you know, being able to connect with something deep within oneself in order to be able to connect with others. But that is so profound. I, I was listening to a lecture, but one of my favorite teachers, you know, of all time, I think, um, Father Richard Rohr. And uh, in the lecture, he quoted a line from Parker Palmer um, that that resonated so deeply within me. You know, it's that kind of resonance that literally just kept on going and going and growing and growing inside of me. Um, and, and the line was to fill the tragic gap with your presence, to fill the tragic gap with your presence. I mean, guys, it was so deep and and rang so true that there was a part of me that felt uncomfortable. You know, <laughs> I've said a couple of times on this platform that I'm an Enneagram 2 and, you know, Enneagram 2s do not like the, let's say it this way, they'd like to um, sugarcoat <laughs> hard truth, you know, and I, and when I heard this, there was a part of me that was like, ooh, I don't, this is the kind of thing that I don't want to be misunderstood because as a recovering, you know, people pleaser and a, um, you know, someone who really kind of likes to take on that Messiah complex, I, I, I didn't want it to be a, the, um, a kind of an excuse for someone like me or others who kind of, you know, relate with that feeling to, um, to, to, to kind of keep on this, um, you know, lifestyle of abandoning ourselves for others, you know, and, uh, and, and calling that some kind of heroic feat, you know, um, meanwhile, all the while we're just, um, dying inside and, and burning out. I didn't want that to be confused with the truth and the depth of what this line was communicating, you know, this, I, I, it was kind of like a, it, when I heard it, I thought of, ooh, this is what all the, the, the spiritual, the great spiritual teachers who, who touched enlightenment, you know, even if that wasn't kind of their reality for, 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 for a long time. This is some of the things that they were communicating, you know, about, I think of like, I think of Jesus, you know, when he said, um, greater love, um, has no one than this that that they lay down their lives for their friends and uh man that is i mean you can hear that at one level and you know and and think yes you know kind of in a very egoic way like yes i can accomplish that i can make that happen you know i will lay down um and then you can hear that at a soul um true self kind of depth and, it, and it's, it's sobering and it's humbling and you know, wow, this is the kind of thing that the ego cannot offer. This is deep soul work that brings you to that place of filling in the tragic gap with your presence. 
um, surely uh, a place that I aspire to, um, but, but definitely not, not close at all. Um, but it struck me as, ooh, this is empathy. I think somewhere deep down in, in the you know, spiritual level, this is empathy to be able to fill in the tragic gap, fill in the broken gap, fill in the troubled, disturbed, hurting gap with our presence, you know, and, and especially in the context of this series that we're doing, you know, it's, it's, it's our loved ones, right? It's our friends, it's our partners, it's our kids, it's our family, uh, the people that we love and the people who love us. Um, so I just want to offer that to you, you know, as a uh, something for you to kind of think about, right? This, I know for me, it really kind of dropped me into like a, whoa, this is sobering, you know, to be able to, to fill in the tragic gap uh, with presence. Hey everyone, it's Kristen. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're finding these messages helpful for you in your everyday life. Um, that's what we're trying to do here is gather around the idea that life is a gift and love is the point and let's give ourselves ways to move forward in that in our own everyday world. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of this community. To those of you who have participated and given financially, we wanna say thank you to you. Everything that we do here happens because people make contributions. People say, I value this place. I want it to exist for me and for other people. And so I'm going to support it. And so we just want to say how grateful we are um, that you do that. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to contribute yet, um, we would ask you to consider maybe doing so. If you find this place beneficial, if you find these messages helpful for you, then um, consider joining us in that way. You could go to eastlakecc.com to make a contribution. Um, and we just always are thankful for the people who want this place to exist. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the message. Uh, one of the people that I'm going to be, you know, leaning on is um, is a doctor, and uh, uh, his name is Dr. Dan Siegel. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with his work. And uh, if you're not, I, I highly encourage you to to check his his work out. Um, uh, Dr. Siegel is a. Uh, I just want to make sure that I get this right. Uh, Dr. Siegel is a clinical professor of psychiatry, and he helped develop the field of interpersonal neurobiology. And I'm going to leave it there. There's so much more to his, you know, his resume than that. Um, but Dr. Siegel defined empathy in one of the lectures I listened to. He defined empathy as the ability to see another's mind, the ability to see another's mind. And if you're familiar with his work at all, Dr. Siegel kind of explores this idea that the mind is not just brain activity. You know, the mind is not just, just chemicals and neuron, neurons and you know, that it's not just brain activity, but that it's the inclusion and a re this relationship between feelings and thoughts and subjective experiences kind of right this in this integration between the two and, and this is what he calls mind and he has a brilliant um kind of you know ex explanation you know an ex exposition on that on that idea um and i love it so you know so so to, to say it a different way empathy according to dr siegel 
is the ability to see or or as my friends and I like to say witness you know we love the word witness to witness or to see another's feelings thoughts and subjective experiences I don't know about you but when I hear that the ability to see or to witness it strikes up in me like this is not surfacy <laughs> you know this is this this goes to presence this goes to right being able to fill the tragic gap with presence you you can see if you're not there you know um, and so this ability to see another's feelings thoughts and subjective experiences um, dr siegel goes on to say that you know science you know knows and kind of has discovered right the seven um non-verbal signals that we as humans use um again uh forgive me if you are a you know scientist or a psychologist or <laughs> or a neurobiologist for that matter um again i'm like i'm leaning heavily on you know on these on these experts and so i'm forgive me if i butcher or you know mess up something um yeah anyway thank you for your grace <laughs> um but dr siegel talks about um how to see, we have to use these seven, you know, uh, nonverbal signals, right? And and the and the seven nonverbal signals that Dr. Siegel talks about are facial experience, um, uh, uh, facial expression, sorry, eye contact, tone, posture, gesture, timing, and intensity. I love this with everything inside of me. Like it, it makes so much sense that you know to be able to use facial expression right as being able to see and witness these experiences eye contact tone posture gesture timing and intensity i um i i love this um in in another lecture you know dr siegel talked about um you know the many facets of of empathy and I, I believe he was referencing another book that talked about like the eight facets of empathy. And I'm not going to unpack that in this talk, but it, it kind of brought me, you know, as I listened to the eight facets of empathy, like emotional, um, emotional resonance, you know, like cognitive empathy. Um, it, it really, I realized, wow, there's a lot of us that kind of possess um, little pieces of of these facets of empathy and that if that if we can really integrate them you know really empathy becomes this kind of full-bodied experience you know um it's not i keep wanting to say it's not casual <laughs> it's you know it's not surfacy it is powerful and and deep i'm thinking of it right now so i'm gonna say it but you know dr siegel talked about how Empathy is not a luxury in our relationships. Empathy heals it. So I'm just going to offer that right now. If it, if it comes up again as we go, you know, we'll, we'll double dip in that way. Um, a story that kept coming up for me when I was thinking about empathy and preparing this, this talk, um, really profound experience, one of the most profound experiences for me for sure. Um, but, you know, I've, I've talked about, you know, my, my partner and I, uh, Megan, being in therapy um, uh, kind of in a, in a very intentional, focused way to repair some marital 
um, fracture and damage that I had caused by some decisions I had made. And thankfully we landed a, a really incredible therapist that we love and you know, eight years later we're still in, in contact with. And uh, in, in one of the sessions, you know, he talked about how he was gonna be doing blood work is what he called it. And it was basically being able to go back through events of our lives, beginning with childhood as far back as we could remember and then kind of revisiting them and 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 you know now i know right he was kind of integrating the goal was to kind of awaken awareness and integrate these experiences right that some of them had become like the shadow it's the thing that we don't we have so repressed we can't see them but definitely are running the show <laughs> so anyway so we were going to be doing this over basically we were going to be doing this over the timeline of our, our therapy um, experience with him. And then along the way, he was gonna be putting out fires as they came up. And so uh, one session, um, my partner, Megan, was sharing about some of these you know, painful, tragic events from her, her childhood. And, um, and you know, she was sharing with tears in her, uh, in her uh, streaming down her face and, and um, you know, and, yeah, anyway, I'm, our therapist kind of turned to me in that moment, right? Because you can imagine, right, we're, we're in this really tense, you know, moment of our lives. And um, so there's a lot of anxiety and fear, right, in present. And um, so our therapist turned to me and he, he asked me the question. He said, Benji, what are you feeling? Can you share how you are feeling as, as Megan is sharing these events from her childhood? And um, I did not do well. <laughs> um, I did not respond well at all. And, and, um, and I'm, I'm giving myself love and compassion even in this moment for not knowing what I didn't know. And um, I, I basically said something like, I said, um, I mean, it, this was eight years ago, so I can't remember the details, but I, I, I can feel it. I remember saying something like, I. Well, I don't know about that. All I know is that she hurt me too. And, um, and our therapist being as skillful as he is and just as experienced as he is kind of redirected me and said, you know, in, in the most gracious but very firm way, I was asking you how you felt about what Megan was sharing about these painful events in her childhood. And I remember swallowing and taking a deep breath, my lips quivering, my voice shaking. I remember saying, I feel sad. And I mean, I'm, I'm, this, I'm feeling this full body, right? I feel sad and I feel angry because this happened to her. And it's like for the first time I opened up a space inside of me that was completely new to me. I didn't know what to do with. It felt very vulnerable. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Brene Brown's, you know, quote about empathy being a vulnerable choice. I just, it was so raw and so vulnerable for me to be able to step into that place and to, to see her experience and to feel her feelings 
and it profoundly marked my life and, and changed and shifted a lot of, uh, of, of, of what would be the unfolding relationship with, with my partner as it's almost been eight years, you know, since that moment, you know, we, we've almost lived a full, you know, eight years um, post, you know, that, that, that therapy session. Man, and I, I like to say sometimes when I share this story that I feel like my therapist, you know, he snatched me from, from the pit of shame and, and, and worthlessness, that feeling of worthlessness, and gave me a taste of, of dignity and self-acceptance and, 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 and what, what it would be like to be able to, to empathize at a, at a very deep level. Um, uh, with others, um, so I, I I think this kind of you know brings up you know what is it that kind of causes this lack of empathy you know uh, or this block of empathy and and for me in my experience right because I know that there's always more than one layer but I feel like a central layer for me in in this experience was childhood trauma and, and childhood wounds, you know, and, and the kind of mirroring that I, I received from my caregivers, but even beyond that, from my culture as a whole. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and for me, um, being able to, uh, to heal, right, being able to touch that, I'm so thankful that that our therapist you know gave us this experience of of being able to know hey it, it, this goes this goes further back than moments you are experiencing now you know um there there are things in childhood right i mean today this is this feels it feels like human consciousness is you know cultural consciousness is awakening to to the fact that, wow, what goes on in childhood really, really plays a huge role in impacting um, who we become as, as people and as adults in society. In fact, Dr. Siegel kind of backs up and validates this, this experience for me about childhood wounds and trauma being kind of a baseline for a lack of empathy, you know, definitely for others, you know, but surely for ourselves. You know, he says, that the disinterest of our caregivers in our inner states um, causes a lack of self a, a lack of self awareness, and then subsequently um, a lack of other awareness, um, and that is uh, so definitely true in my experience, and in the experience of of others I know uh, personally. The, the disinterest in our inner state by our caregivers causes this sort of uh, a lack of, of self-awareness. Uh, for me, that is, that feels very baseline for me. I, I, you know, I know that there are others, there are other kinds of things, you know. Um, one that Dr. Siegel mentioned was this, this forgetfulness that our skin is not our true self that we confuse our skin you know this this outer layer you know made of cells um we confuse that for the deeper layer of the true self the inner consciousness that is 
literally everywhere integrated into intricately woven in the fabric of of, of all that is um and so I, I i really love that um i love what brene brown said in her animated video you know empathy is a choice um and i, I say that and it's a vulnerable choice you know and i say that because right for most of us what trauma ends up doing is that you know, it causes us to not be able to know our internal states, you know, our inner states. And if, and Brene Brown says, right, in order for me to connect with you, I have to know something inside of myself, right? That is so deep <laughs> and uh, that knows what it's like to feel what you're feeling. In order to connect with you, I have to connect with me. But most of us know this, right? That trauma causes us to disconnect from ourselves. Um, and so again, I think this whole thing about, you know, childhood wound and trauma being a, a kind of a base, a basis for this sort of um, lack of empathy. Um, I find that that's, you know, that's crucial. Um, you know, why, you know, why is empathy important in our in our relationships? You know, why is empathy important? Like, what are some of the effects of empathy, right, when it's present in in our relationships? And it brings to mind, you know, a, a, a story kind of recently for me. You know, so again, I shared a, a kind of a painful story from about eight years ago. You know, in in therapy and kind of awakening to this deeper level of empathy and um you know not too long ago my partner and i were having coffee and it's kind of a ritual that we have built where we have coffee um every sunday morning and and just kind of created this sacred space as a as a as a check-in uh place for us and you know as we're we're i mean it's 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 it has become so cherished and so sacred and so protected <laughs> um and dynamic and we we both love it uh, to be able to have that space. And, um, my, my, you know, my partner, Megan was sharing about some things that she was working through and, and some things that was weighing on her heart. And as she shared, you know, uh, and this is kind of, this is still a reminder for me that I'm still growing and, and I've come a long way, but right. I'm still growing. Um, is that typically, you know, when someone starts to share something that's really painful or, or, or deep uh, in that, usually painful or, 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 um, or tragic, I feel this initial kind of discomfort inside of me, you know? So when she was sharing, I started to feel this like discomfort inside of me. And I just, I just, I just remember breathing into it. I didn't fight it. I didn't like, I didn't get, I didn't panic. I didn't get frantic. I just breathed into it. And I just started, I just started noticing it. I started breathing into it. And I just remember telling myself, I remember, oh, it's, it's your inner child afraid that there is no room to include this experience. And, right, because that feeling, I don't know about you, man, but I, there's this feeling of like, I don't have enough room. I am, I, I'm stuffed, you know, um, right, because of trauma. And so I just remember breathing in and just telling myself there's room. There's room to include this painful experience. Um, to receive it, to see it, to witness it, to feel with it, you know. 
And so I just kind of just gently and compassionately just kind of, you know, moved into that space. And then I began to lock in. And then I began to just get so present to what she was sharing. And I began to just, I, I remember I, I just moved <laughs> with compassion. I just put my one hand on her leg and one hand on her back um, and just kind of, you know, gently kind of rubbing her back and, and just inviting, you know, more sharing and inviting more opening. And uh, I mean, before you know it, we are so connected. You know, there's just this, deep, deep, deep connection happening, right? Which is one of the things that Brene Brown talked about in this video was that empathy fuels connection. Um, anyway, we both kind of attested. There's this thing that we say to each other, which is like, ooh, the molecules just shifted, you know? Usually and it's, it's either for the positive or for the negative, but it's like this, this acknowledgement, wow, something just happened. Something profound just happened, you know? And we were both witnessing that. Wow, you know, and of course, I was really proud of myself for the growth, you know, um, even as I'm confronted on a daily day on a daily basis with with how much more I need to grow in this area of empathy. Um, but I, I want to say something about about this, because I was listening to one of the lectures I listened to from Dr. Siegel. He talked about the four S's of attachment, secure attachment. And when, he, when I heard him kind of go through the S's, and he loves his acronyms, if you're familiar with his work, I was struck again by the reality of, oh my gosh, this is not, I mean, he was saying like, this is what children need to have secure attachment. And I think of secure attachment, like in adult language, as like connection. And he was saying, this is what children need to have secure attachment. And when I heard him say it, I went, Oh my gosh, I think this is what happens when we experience an empathic interaction. I mean, so I'll just give it to you and then I'll let you kind of evaluate yourself too. But basically what Dr. Siegel said, the four S's were to be seen. And this is kind of, again, the seeing that he talked about earlier, right? That includes the facial expression the tone, the gesture, the posture, like this full body experience to be seen past the behavior or the information to really the depth. What is back there? Okay, so that was seen, soothed, to go past, again, this kind of seeing information to really, and even the feeling to digging deeper and going, what do you need? <laughs> you know, what can I do to, to comfort you? What can I do to, to make you feel more than seen but felt? <laughs> what can I do to make you feel felt? And then the, the, the third S was safe. My goodness, I, I mean, I know, and I know what I've experienced in the context of being, you know, having an empathy, having someone empathize with me and how safe I, I mean, this was my therapy experience. I had never been in a place where I felt so safe. And that's because my, my therapist just 
empathize with me, even the parts of me that I have rejected for, you know, I, I had rejected for 29 years. He deeply empathized with. Right. And so these three S's, right, seen, soothed, safe, then leads to secure attachment, which I, again, like I said, I, I think of it as connection. So we're, we're landing the plane here, right? How do we foster empathy? And if you've been around Eastlake for any amount of time, you will not be surprised by this first um, thing that I'm going to say, and that's just doing the work doing the work of healing the inner child, doing the work of healing the traumatic um, parts of who we are, our pain, our wounds. Um, and, you know, if it, if it means going to therapy, you know, if it means, you know, grabbing a book, I mean, the resources that we have available to us today for the work of healing trauma and pain and you know um uh, uh just tragic you know upbringings you know i mean it's unbelievable you know um and so you don't have to look too far i, I mentioned Brene brown i mentioned um parker palmer i mentioned dr siegel you know i don't know how many of you follow the holistic psychologist on on instagram and her recent book how to do the work I mean, right, these are all resources that can kickstart this journey of healing and awareness, right? That which creates room uh, for us to be able to, you know, include the experiences of others, the perspectives of others. Um, and, uh, and I would say, you know, if I could kind of, you know, again, geek out on, on Dr. Siegel's, you know, um, uh, resource, right? He talks about you know, fostering empathy as uh, being able to play our part, you know, and again, part is um, an acronym for presence, attunement, resonance, and trust. And, uh, you know, presence, being able to being able to just open up to the experiences of others, open up to our friends and our our, fan, our, our loved ones, our partners, our kids, being able to just kind of stay in this open place, you know, and attunement, being able to focus our intention on their inner uh, state, you know, being able to really dial in, pay attention to that, right? Resonance, it, it, being able to feel their ache, to feel what they feel, and yet be able to differentiate ourselves from from them, right? I am me and you are you and you are having an experience and I can come into that experience and participate in that experience with you without getting lost in it. Um, and then uh, and then trust, right? He talked about this, this win-win situation that when we're able to do these things that it results in connection, you know? It results in, in the fueling of connection, everybody wins when empathy is present. And in closing, and thank you for hanging in there with me, but in closing, uh, there's this line that um, I wanna leave you with. And, and uh, it's, I love that it's from a science, and, and uh, it's from a neuroscience um, uh, field. And, it's, and it's, this, it's this whole idea of, you know, and again, I wanna get it right, so. Um, 
And it's this, where attention goes, neuro-firing flows, and neuro-connection grows. Where attention goes, neuro-firing flows, and neuro-connection grows. I just feel like that's, that is the most brilliant way of saying practice. <laughs> practice growing in empathy. But before you practice, you have to set an intention. I want to become more empathic. So we need to set that intention, right? We need to set that intention and set our attention on the people that we love to become more present to their experiences and empathize with, with them. Wow, I have had a really good time um, sharing this with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for wanting to grow and, and, and flourish as a human being within the context of your relationships. It has been my honor to offer this to you and I pray all the best for you and for your loved ones. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.